On this episode of The Naturist Living Show, a chat with Tim Chismar. This episode of The Naturist Living Show is brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. At Bear Oaks, we offer traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Free your body, free your mind. www.bearoaks.ca Welcome, dear listener, to episode 106 of The Naturist Living Show. My name is Stéphane Deschaines. I'm your host for the podcast and the owner of Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. And in November, last November, it's uh, March of 2019, um, I was in Las Vegas for a conference and some meetings uh, related to my other business. And between meetings, I had some time to kill. So I had just put live the... uh, uh, interview with uh, Kate Logan, who you might recall if you've been listening to the show for a long time or you've caught up in all the episodes. Um, she was the uh, high school student who, during her graduation speech, dropped all her clothes and stood nude on stage. And I was reading the comments, and one in particular from uh, Tim Chismar stood out because uh, he, he was so passionate and excited. So I was just kind of looking a little bit at his profile and discovered he was in Las Vegas, which is a funny coincidence. So I started uh, communicating with him, and uh, one thing led to the other, and I drove over to his place, and we had a nice chat. Turns out uh, Tim is quite uh, an all-around guy who's been involved in clothesfree.com, doing interviews. He's an actor. He's a writer. He's a comedian. He organized uh, the stand-up comedy, and uh, again, if you've been listening for a long time, you'll know that uh, we do stand-up comedy twice a year in the summer at Bear Oaks. We just did one in the winter for the first time in downtown Toronto instead of at Bear Oaks, and that was quite successful. So, uh, so yeah, so it was a lot of fun chatting with him. It was certainly uh, an eclectic discussion that I really enjoyed, and I think you will too. It's me, it's him, it's T-I-M. Hey everybody, I am Tim Chismar, writer, producer, director, and I did a touring naked stand-up comedy show for years and years and years. Um, we got bought out by Showtime, we were in a holding deal for a year, there was a potential to have a TV show, and um, yeah, I, I'm a lifelong nudist, I was even born naked, and I... I, it's the one thing I'll hang my hat on and, and fight to until I die, so... Your nude comedy show was bought out? Um, yeah, we were, Showtime made an offer on it, so they put us in what's called an option for one year. And that's why I wasn't able to do live shows um, the last year, and uh, so I transitioned it to another guy who has a theater in L.A., and he's still doing naked comedy shows to this day. So I haven't seen on Showtime any naked comedy. No, because they, they just wanted to hold on to it. And uh, we used to have a lot of celebrities that would drop in on the shows because it was in L.A. And uh, we there were no video, there was no pictures. So it was kind of a Rocky Horror Picture Show thing where, you know, the only way to experience it or know about it is to actually show up. So because of that, a lot of celebrities would drop in because they, they trusted me. And that led to Jimmy Kimmel Live producers and people like that. So they were interested in exploring it for a TV show, but uh, they got scared. It, you know, it wasn't salacious enough, I, I guess. So I get, you don't think it'll ever go anywhere? I, I don't know. Um, 
I was told by the LA Times it's a million-dollar idea. So uh, that was a quote from one of the reporters. And I certainly love it. And I'm here in Las Vegas. That's where we are right now. Uh, my buddy Larry over at the Clothing Optional Home Network is interested in doing a couple of shows here in Vegas. But um, as you've discovered... For all it's Sin City, they love sparkly boobs, but they're not very big on naturism. So, um, a lot of things are up in the air, my friend. I, I told you about a naked, uh, nudist horror movie I'd like to get done. And, um, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I'm not sure. Well, since we're talking about Vegas, what are the options around here? What can people do? You can go to a strip club. <laughs> See, that's that's the thing. It's so burlesque and strip clubs and puppetry of the penis. It's all it's all really um, trying to make a buck with your body. Whereas um, the actual nudism is not reflected. There's an organization out here called something like um, was it like Naturist something. You were looking at it and you yeah. you told me about it. I reached out to the guy and it turned out it was a couples club. And so you need to have a guy and a girl in order to go to it. And I told him that was that was a shame and i thought that was stupid for a lot of reasons you know let's say i i get a, a wife to go with me and then she passes away or we break up and now suddenly i'm not allowed to go there and uh, and then he he made a comment about we don't want single guys coming to ogle our women and i'm like well then i don't think you quite understand the whole nudist thing i i'm not a nudist because i want to look at naked women i'm a nudist because i like to be naked i i really don't care what else is going on around me so um I fear that a lot of people don't really understand nudism or they're secretly swingers and they're just trying to, um, you know, hide behind, oh, nudist, bring your wife, wink, wink, you know. Well, it, it, I mean, it fits with Vegas. Vegas is all about exploiting. It's all about sin, sin city, right? It's uh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, blah, blah, blah. Uh, there is the Google search and it, there was a nude pool uh but it's at least they're honest it's a lifestyle club as they call themselves yeah, so go. that's what they're looking for yeah um so what do you do what, what, how do you practice nudism here um hot springs and uh like hiking groups there's a a model that i tried to get for your podcast that unfortunately is going camping uh with a guy and uh so that's it. Like you have to find these small groups and, and go off and, you know, kind of burning man style out here in the desert. So a lot of people will go to hot springs or camping or hiking, things like that. Um, I found a club that's really open minded about having naked comedy and naked parties. And that's something I'm interested in exploring. Um, but it's going to take a little bit of, um, effort to, to create that culture since it doesn't already exist here. When, when I was doing shows in LA, it was really easy to get naked crowds because my shows, the audience was naked and the comedians were naked. I wanted to make sure everyone was in on it. It wasn't like anybody could poke fun and point at the other one like, oh, the naked people. No, no, we're all naked. And um, that was easy because of Rolf with the Southern California Naturist Association. That's right, what it is. Right, right, yeah. So him and uh, Night Talk, Nudist in the OC, and the Clothing Optional Home Network, and then Anner came on board as a sponsor. They gave us $3,000 and a big banner. And uh, I had some amazing meetings um, with the president of Anna, Beverly Price, Bev Price. And, uh, you know, uh, TNS wasn't as supportive, but they, you know, Nikki's nice. And, uh, but but in general, my point is, it was so easy to have all these nudists and, and creative people who are willing to almost dare each other to go to these events. And so we would hit max capacity. We would fill up the place, you know, uh, you know, five shows over a weekend, two Friday, two Saturday, 
Saturday, one Sunday, you know, uh, 250 people per show, all naked. They would strip down when they went to the event, keep their clothes underneath their seats. No, everyone's over 18. I'm cool with the families, but, you know, these are private events, so I didn't want to have to deal with that. And we had alcohol there, so uh, by donation. And But anyway, so it was a blast, and it was fun. But the the culture supported that kind of a thing. Here in here in Vegas, um, it's open carry, and there's a lot of conservative um, values, which which is great. I mean, I, I thought L.A. got way too liberal for me. I had to get the hell out. But um, but they do look at bodies like a commodity here. It's mm-hmm. it's a lot of you know how much is your body worth, and um, you know that's the opposite of my message, which is that everybody is beautiful and that you should love yourself, and that at the at the end of the day, that's the one thing. Uh, you know, we're all born naked and I just think it's so stupid that, um, it is illegal to, if I want to walk out on my balcony here and if I wanted to do it naked, the fact that somebody could complain or be upset or offended in some way, offended by what? Offended my, by me authentically being who I actually am, uh, you know, really sounds stupid to me. Well, yes. And of course, we all agree that probably most people listening agree to that too. It doesn't make any sense, but somehow it makes sense to the people out there. So I'm glad you do the nude audience. There is another comedy show, I won't mention it, that the performers are nude, mm-hmm. but the audience is clothing optional. So some people take their clothes off, but most, from what I understand, keep their clothes on. And I always thought that'd be kind of weird, right? You, cause you end up with a voyeur exhibitionist kind of thing happening. Exactly. And I, I think I know which one you're talking about. I think it's in New York, um, or Boston. There was like one in New York, one in Boston. But yes, the, the clothing optional thing allows looky-loos, allows people to come and, and laugh at the nudist. And I, I never wanted that, uh, environment. We were talking a little bit before we, uh, turned the audio on about, um, um, just the tour and about going to resorts because I would do the shows at private theaters, colleges, and nudist resorts, and um, they all had different rules. Sometimes we would go to a very popular nudist resort, such as Glen Eden, and they would mandate we keep our clothes on. So the audience is naked. The people at the resort are naked. We could be naked before the show, but once the show starts, we need to be wearing clothes. And their argument was that it if we were naked on stage, it became like a strip club, a strip event, some kind of sexual, whatever the heck, which is completely stupid because roughly 15 miles away is Olive Dell Ranch where we were naked and the audience was naked. So people just make these rules up. Another example is we did a naked comedy show at Cal Arts, the California Institute of Arts. And we were allowed to be naked with the audience naked in a private room off to the side with the curtains drawn. Meanwhile, after the show, we saw some topless girls getting their, uh, getting their chest painted as part of an artsy event. But, but the nudists have to be in a side room. This makes no sense. Plus, this was the whole reason I wanted to go to this college was because um, Alison Brie, I, I believe her name was, was an actress who on Conan O'Brien talked about going to a nudist college and how she was able to climb trees naked and go running naked. So I thought it'd be great for us to go there and be able to just be naked at a college campus and get that conversation going because they're art students. And then we get there and we find out that we need to be sequestered like nudism is a, is a disease and they don't want to catch naked. 
It's ridiculous. Well, it, it is strange. It's I, I kind of understand the college because they don't get it, right? That's they're part of the textile world. But they're but an art college. I know, but they're still their mindset's still not right. The the weird one is the clubs because you're right. I've seen clubs where you have to be dressed in the restaurant to eat in the restaurant. I'm going, I don't want to go and wear clothes in the restaurant. Why would I? Or do you have to be dressed for dancing because somehow that's... And, and, and to me, what you're seeing then is people who still haven't quite accepted the human body as, a, as normal and non-sexual. The, the number one thing that resorts, and you own resorts, so you, you might be aware of this too. All resorts say the same damn thing. Our population is too old. How do we attract the younger people? And then those same folks offer stuff like chili cook-off bingo night. So they, they don't think like a young person. And I've been in these groups like a Vita Nuda where we would go to a resort. Guess what young people want to do? Crazy, stupid things like dive into the pool and then everyone freaks out about it and they you know they can't be doing that you know we're over here trying to play shuffleboard well if you think like an 80 year old man and act like an 80 year old man you're going to attract 80 year old people if you want the younger people you got to stop acting like that and 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 be aware that you know how did you act when you were 16 you know they're going to be a little wacky and crazy and you're you're not going to be connected because it's a different generation I, I forget how old I am I just turned 38 and I, I don't walk around feeling like I'm I'm you know I think to myself like I'm still 25 until I talk to somebody who's 25 and then <laughs> and then there's been a difference there's certainly been a change but that's that's one of the biggest I wish I could you know get these resorts to practice what they preach if you say you can't you can't not change anything and think you're going to attract a, a different clientele. They are coming from a different set of uh, mindset, and so you have to adjust what you're doing in order to embrace them. The The other thing um, that irritates the heck out of me goes along with what you were talking about, about the different rules for different resorts. Body piercings. <laughs> the very first nudist resort I ever attended, I got into nudism. I, I, first off, naturally, I always just loved Nudism. I love being naked. I got it from a very early age that it wasn't uh, a sexual thing. I I just felt like everyone else was stupid that they weren't just Adam and Eving it up, you know. But um, when I was in college, I was an art student, and I saw that you could um, pose nude for art classes, and so I didn't want to die without having tried it. So I signed up, and I, I got a job while I was in college uh, posing for art classes, and I loved it. I thought it was great. I, I loved the fact that the people who were drawing were more embarrassed and shy than I was. I'm I'm naked and they're like afraid to look at me or afraid to talk to me during the breaks and uh I, I just got a real kick out of that. But I, I I started exploring Spencer Tunic photography and all kinds of uh nude art and, and uh body positivity and, and so I discovered a, a nudist resort close to my college. It was a few hours away. It was in Darlington, Pennsylvania and it is Whitethorn Lodge. Mm. Well, I went to Whitethorn Lodge, and I was really happy with it, except for one thing. I don't have any genital piercings, so this wasn't an issue. But they let me know that men's genital piercings was not allowed at their club, but women's were. Because the men's genital piercings draws too much attention to the male genitalia. 
And I remember trying to figure this out. And I was in the swimming pool when a woman came over and stood next to me, uh, you know, naked, except she had a belly button piercing with a little chain that was hanging down that was, you know, going back and forth just above her vagina. And I remember looking at her, talking to her, and she's explained to me why men's genital piercings are too distracting. <laughs> well, my my thinking, and I don't know if I'm simple, but my thought was always, well, either you ban all piercings or you don't ban any. Oh, my God, that uh, sounds fair. We in, can't have that. Including earrings. Because a body part's a body part, right? That's what we say. So if you're against piercing, you can't have any in your nose, you can't have any in your ears. Okay, I could respect that. I don't know why it's a big deal, but I could respect that. But when you say, oh, yeah, you can pierce your nose, you can pierce your lips, but you can't pierce your nipples or whatever. It's because, once again, mm-hmm. people say that the body's the body and we've accepted it, but they haven't. Otherwise, they wouldn't look at it that way. Right. Exactly. And I've, uh, you know, brought it up over the years because obviously that was back in circa 2003. So I, I've spoken to people at uh, uh, Whitethorn and they've claimed that the policy has been changed. So in the last few years, uh, they claim that they've changed it. But that had been a bone of contention for me for a long time. And when I would mention it to somebody on Yelp or in a private message, they would, they would try to argue that it was fair. It was, it's not fair. And, and unfortunately, there's, there's a lot of, um, spots like that where they, okay, here's an example. Um, Black's Beach, the nudist beach in San Diego. Um, uh, a couple of friends of mine are, are proud nudists. They got married at Black's Beach. There is an organization, um, a loose organization, I think it's called Black Speech Bears, that um, patrol the beach and, and claim that they take care of it. But they're overtly sexual. And, for example, they put in a strip pole, a stripper pole, at the beach. What? Yeah. And they think it's fun and silly and whatever. And, and, you know, it's, it's so incredibly stupid. And uh, my friends agree. And, and they, they stopped going partially, um, because of this. But imagine trying to argue to somebody that nudism isn't sexual. And so, um, and to prove it, why don't you come to our nude beach that has a stripper pole? Well, it's just like a lot of clubs have lingerie dances or leather and lace and, and I'm sure it's just for fun. I'm not saying that they're having sex on the dance floor, but from the outside, how do you explain it? How do you say it's not sexual when you're doing these games, right? There's even a a club I saw online. They had a video. They were having dildo races, vibrating dildo races, and they were justifying that as being nudist. It's... Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. And this is where a lot of the, uh, problem comes into place. I mean, I'm just meeting you for the first time, but you seem like a sane guy and you've been running your resort for 12 years. Um, imagine us talking to somebody who doesn't know anything about the nudism and, and we try to explain about how it's wholesome and, and, you know, body positive. And then they Google search nudists and what do they see? Sex, 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 sex. So, you know, who do they listen to? The rest of the world or, or us? Yeah. So it's very difficult. It's, it's an uphill battle. And, you know, let's be honest. A lot of nudists aren't doing themselves any favors. Um, the guy that I sold my nudist comedy show to in LA, um, I didn't know this at the time, but, uh, the guy who runs the theater is a swinger. And I've heard that now he, uh, uses these shows to kind of pick some girls on the side. Yeah. See, I, I don't have a problem with people who want to be swingers. That's your choice. No, I don't get it. But 
mixing the two is what bothers me. Mm-hmm. Or pretending you are one when you are really the other, right? Yes. It, it, it's, and usually it's swingers pretending to be nudists and saying that it's the same thing. Uh, it harms us. And why can't they be honest? Like, wh- why, why is that necessary? Why do you have to hide it? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very frustrating. It, it, the whole thing is, and that's why it's almost it's almost simpler to just uh, try to blend in. I, I I get it. Why the average age for nudists at um, nudist resorts and whatnot is fifty five. And I think the reason for that is because you've retired, because you finally reached a point in your life where you're like, I don't care. I don't care what anyone thinks. I don't care what anyone says. This is me. I'm going to live my life. But up until that point, it's just such a, uh, a, a battle, you know, to, we were talking about how when you travel, you use a different phone. And because of that, you have uh, pictures of naked families. Cause we, you know, in, in the brochures and the magazines and our, our lifestyle, of course, is naked families because it's not a thing i've been trying to raise money for a nudist uh, horror movie for years and uh i remember i was talking to a guy he was a director of disgusting evil violent horror movies uh including one called um vaginal holocaust and so the director of vaginal holocaust was telling me that i was a, a weirdo pervert for uh going to nude nude resorts because there's there's kids there yeah so you've actually you were also you've done some not films but you were working with uh, uh, Close Free International, right? Uh, sure, and I, I have worked on films as well. I laid one out for you over here, uh, one of the movies that I was one of the stars of, and uh, did some writing work for Full Moon. It was one of the Killjoy movies, but yeah, I, I love um, Corky's the best. I think Corky's great, and I've worked with Close Free. I was a um, producer for a, a number of episodes, um, which is. Even more, I love Corky, but you know, all these little cracks and stuff. Apparently there were other nudes casters who were, who were pissy because they thought I was taking over for somebody else. And so, you know, there was this, you know, so some people were trying to sabotage it and no one could ever be happy for each other. There were some other nudes casters that were mad that I was on board. So I had to deal with, deal with that. Why can't we all just support each other? Why do we all have to be so much damn drama? But, um, but but Corky's the best, and I love his whole team, and we have worked on um, various uh, episodes and projects, and I've brought people to the board. Um, he's offered a lot of footage. If, if I ever get this naked horror movie going, I want to use footage from closed free TV over the opening credits so we can have fun stuff like naked people skydiving and naked you know, snow, snowboarding and all this kind of fun stuff that I want to show people that nudism isn't uh, – you know, an old guy in a hot tub. Hey, come join me. You know, I, I want them to see that it's, it's fun and exciting and it's wild and it's outrageous and, and it's, it's not a, it's not a sex thing. At least I don't think it has to be a sex thing. Yeah. No, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with sex. We're also not asexual either, but the yeah. two are unrelated to each other. So, I mean, so what's the movie going to be about? So the movie is about a girl who has a crush on her nude art model. And she's okay with him being a nude art model because that's the environment and we look the other way for art, so that's okay. But then uh, she finds out that <gasps> he lives at a nudist resort. And that 
creates the fish out of water thing because he invites her to come and visit him at his resort for the weekend. And so she does. And that's where things start to fall apart because it turned out that a long time ago, the reason why this resort uh, is a nudist resort is because there are aliens in the woods around the resort and they believe that humans should be naked. And if you wear clothes, the clothes glows in their eyes and they see it as an abomination of nature and they will uh, do horrible things to you. So um, the people who run the resort made that deal. Okay, everyone will be naked and nobody dies. Done and done. Well, then she shows up and she's nervous about getting naked and her overly religious brother shows up at the resort looking for his, uh, his sister who was, you know, brainwashed by these perverts. And, uh, and then there are a few other people who show up and, and, and the owner of the resort plays God where he's picking and choosing, uh, some of the people to keep their clothes on because he wants them to get killed. And there's just a lot of layers to it. And, and through this story, I explore it, it's, it's scary. And it's funny and it is not overly sexualized. There's a lot of nudity and not fake nudity like some of these, these comedies that are made that end up looking like an Austin Powers movie where people hold a clipboard over their, uh, their genitalia and, and all this kind of, you know, no, they're, they're naked for the sake of naked and it's unrated. I'm not going for, you know, to, to make any sort of, um, MPAA happy about it. You know, it's unapologetically naked. It's not overly gratuitous close-ups of anything, but at the same time, we're not hiding. It's just the same shots that you would get uh, from a normal movie, and this all builds up to her finally avenging some things that happen in the movie, and being willing to accept her body and who she is, and getting into this big battle with the uh, uh, the lead alien. But it's so much fun, and it's silly, and it's wacky, and nobody else will make this movie. It's one of those things I I have to do. So will it get made, you think? I had a, um, one of the big popular things in LA right now is called immersive theater, where you become part of the show. And I attended an immersive play recently, uh, from this girl, Kate Lean, who's just like the most amazing actress. I adore her. And she's actually, um, signed on to be in Naked Alien Massacre, if I ever get this, uh, thing going. Anyway, her, um, her most recent immersive theater experience comes, comes into what is it that you want? What are you willing to sacrifice to have what you want? How has wanting this affected your life? And I went through the process with her and you know what? I, I, I felt like I was being shallow. And I, I wanted a, a deeper answer, but you know what? The truth is, my life's purpose is to make this movie. I want to make this movie. It's the one thing I want done before I die. And I get it. It might, people might not get it, but a lot of the, the films that I love as, as a, as a carnosaur of movies are movies that other people don't get. One of my favorite movies of all time is I Spit on Your Grave. And that has been completely misunderstood by critics for years. Are you familiar with the movie? Oh, uh, no, no. Okay. Well, this, um, this woman is raped and she gets revenge and she kills all the people that raped her. A lot of people, critics, have called it exploitative and um, glorifying the rape, and that it's you know like a like a fantasy from a sick guy that this girl gets raped and all this kind of stuff. The actual story of why this movie was made is because Mir Zarkai, the guy who wrote and directed the movie, 
had was at a park in New York City with his daughter when May came across a woman who had been raped and she was naked and and had been traumatized and so him and his daughter took this woman to the cops and the cops berated her about what did you what were you wearing what were you saying how were you because this was uh in the early 70s mm-hmm. and you know not that I mean things might not be any better today I I hope they would be but the point is he was so traumatized by the experience and he saw how it affected his daughter where, you know, God forbid anything ever happened to her that he wouldn't want her to be treated the same way. So he made the movie as a love letter to a woman, you know, going through something traumatic and standing up and, and, and getting revenge on all these people. But the, the critics completely misunderstood it. So that's always been my fear would be that I, I would get the movie done and somebody would be like, oh, you know, pervert wanted a bunch of naked girls in the woods and aliens and blah. So I would do everything I can to try to get the point across. But art is subjective. And there's multiple movies. There's a movie you write, the movie you shoot, the movie you edit, the movie that the critics say see, the movie that you see, the movie that they see 30 years later. And the movie they see after I'm dead. So, but I, I would, I would want to do the best I can to try to get this across to people. And even if, even if three people understood what I was doing and they came up to me at a horror convention and, and said, you know, Hey, I get it. Um, that would, that would mean a lot to me. And I really, I just, you know, I co-wrote it with an amazing comedian who's done these naked comedy shows with me and he gets it and he's funny and he's interested in, in the scary stuff. And I just, <clears throat> I feel like it's, it's my message. I want to do this movie. And that's what came out from the immersive theater thing to bring it back to that was I, I had to, um, I had to agree with her that that's the one thing that I, I want to, uh, accomplish before I die. So, so how do you get it done? What do you need? Money. Um, you know, I can knock it down. Uh, you know, movies are made for, I have a friend of mine whose last movie was $3 million. I don't need $3 million. I have favors and friends and all this kind of stuff. But, um, personally myself, I've, you know, raised 16,000 for short films, things like that. But, um, in order to get an actual film done, it's going to be, you know, between 80 and a hundred thousand dollars. And that's stuff I can't get around. That's special effects to not make it look like crap. That's, you know, food for cast and crew, that's insurance, that's SAG after because we're going union because it's legit. And, uh, you know, all this, it's just some of the basic stuff. Um, so, so yeah, I, I launched Spooky Ninja Kitty in my publishing house and I'm putting out books. And the plan for that was to try to set aside a little nest egg and I'm dealing with clients and, you know, everything is really going towards wanting to make my movie, which anybody who's known me or been around me has known I've been talking about this, you know, forever. And, uh, I, I have so many amazing people who are willing to come on board and, make it happen you know um so i'm gonna do everything i can to try to make it happen that's that's the best answer i can give and one other completely unrelated thing is that uh i connected with you because i saw you comment on uh one of the episodes i did with uh, kate logan uh, the nude graduate and uh you talked about how you were excited your comment was excited which is why i looked you up and said oh look you're in vegas let me give you a call so why is Kate important to you? Oh my God! I am the biggest fan in the freaking world of Kate Logan. When I was in college, she was one of the first uh, people, and I know she doesn't describe herself as a nudist, but what she did was was certainly uh, nude-friendly. And the fact that she disrobed at a, co- a high school graduation, I-, I was just going into college. Uh, she did it in, I think it was like 98, was it? 
Uh, 20 years ago, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, oh, exactly 20 years ago. Oh, wow. Um, I graduated high school in 2000. So it was very close to, to myself. And um, it, it's, it definitely would have been a, a big difference today with everybody taking video and pictures. And, you know, and it was interesting in your interview um, when she mentioned uh, the fact that she was a woman doing it versus a man. I, I wonder how that would have been also if that would have been like, uh, you know, you know. Some kind of, you know, everyone loves to dump on dudes nowadays, you yeah. know, like, you know, oh, he had to show off his, you know, but um, I'm a huge fan of her. I'm a huge fan of what she did. I thought I thought it was amazing and affirmative and uh, and, and body positive. And she has been this this mythical uh, legend in my eyes. So the fact that you caught her in in an interview is like like finding a. Uh, a, a little fairy or a gnome or something. I couldn't believe she was real. And I absolutely had a huge fanboy moment. And I, I listened to it and I, I loved it and I saw the pictures of her and I was just blown away. I've been such a huge fan. And, um, one of the things that I brought up to you that you didn't talk about in the interview with her was there was, and I thought it was a photographer. I guess it's a videographer who um, had some footage of her and he never released it. And all these people made money offers to get it. So, it isn't just uh, special that she turned down money offers to pose for Playboy, but also this guy could have exploited it, and especially because she was 18 at the time, so it's not like it would be um, you know child born or something. She's of legal age, did it in a public place, so he could have got away with all kinds of um, scandalous uh, excuses for getting it out there, but he didn't, and uh, and that's so nice. It's interesting how the school did this whole big thing about uh, you know the selfish act of one person and we will deal with this. And then she was the first one to tell you they did nothing. They did nothing about it. And uh, I, I just, I think that's, that's tremendous. I've, you know, done naked comedy on stage in front of crowds. I've been part of the world naked bike ride and rode through Los Angeles naked and been to nude beaches and, and stuff like that. But it's always been in an environment where it's gotten the big thumbs up. I've never gotten naked uh, at a place where, you know, everybody else wasn't getting naked or it wasn't some understanding that it was going to happen. Um, I can't imagine uh, what that would be like. I'd like to do that. Um, I'd like to participate in that bear to breakers in San Francisco, you know, walk it naked or uh, something, something like that. But that's so, so gutsy and so courageous and so outlandish. But you know what? You also hear about horror stories because we're, I'm sitting here glorifying it because I'm a nudist, but there are also stories about guys who um, get naked and streak through a, a football game and uh, get charged as a sex offender mm -hmm. because there were kids in the audience. So, I mean, there's all kinds of nutty stuff where, I don't know, man, that was, that was, that was pretty exciting. And the fact that it's real and it really happened and you were able to talk to her and she, cause she's, you know, she's like, uh, I don't know. You know, like this, like I said, this, I can't believe she's real. I can't believe she's a real person and you talk to her. I'm just a huge fan. So Tim's gotten very excited about the podcast, which is great because he's a creative guy and uh, he's done a lot of interesting things and he's on the West Coast. So he's already recorded an interview and is thinking of doing more, which would be fantastic. So you may recall we used to have uh, 
others doing interviews, and we had a semi-regular correspondent for a while, and it looks like maybe we have a West Coast correspondent again uh, in Tim. So uh, listen to, keep listening, and you'll hear uh, probably some interviews by Tim in some future episodes of the show. Um, and if you want to learn more about Tim or you want to support him in some of his projects or his movie that he talked about, um, you can look up his website, timchismar.com. It'll be in the show notes. In the show notes, we'll also have a link to the podcast with Kate Logan, uh, because if you haven't heard it, you heard from Tim how excited he was by it, so it's worth you listening. It is a great interview as well. The uh, show's notes are on our website, so you can always go and look at the back catalog and check out uh, links to the things we talked about. It's at naturistlivingshow.com. So that's all for this episode of The Naturist Living Show. Thank you for listening. Uh, again, my name is Stéphane Deschaines. I am your host for this podcast and the owner of Bear Oaks Family Nature's Park. Please keep sending your comments and your suggestions, your notes. I always enjoy reading them, even if I don't get a chance to respond. The show's email address is contact at naturistlivingshow.com. And you can also call and leave a comment. Very few people do that, which is a bit disappointing. I was kind of hoping we'd get more comments to share. But if you want to try, you can dial in and just all you need is your phone and you can uh, take as many tries as you want recording your comment and you can even delete it at the end if you don't like it. And I can't promise that we'll use it, but I will definitely listen to it. The show's phone number is country code 1, air code 905-473-6060 or toll free if you're in Canada and the US, 1-888-373-9124 or even by Skype. You can just Skype Bear Oaks, and in all three cases, that gets you into the main phone system for Bear Oaks Family Nature's Park, and the show's extension is, very easy, 333. I hope you enjoy this show, and that you'll join us again for the next episode of The Nature's Living Show. This episode of The Nature's Living Show was brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Nature's Park traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Traditional values means that naturism is more than just taking your clothes off. It is a life philosophy with physical, psychological, environmental, social, and moral benefits. Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park strives to promote those naturist values in a modern setting that provides the amenities and services that our members and visitors expect. Free your body, free your mind. Learn more at www.baroaks.ca. Thank you.